0: We are gathered here today to worship at the altar of music and comedy. The giddiness and the harmony of a well-crafted comedy song brings great joy in abundance. Join the tinkling talents of David Thames and me, Phil Nickel. Sit back, turn
1: it up, and enjoy Songs in the Key of laughs.
0: Oh, songs in the songs, key of laugh, songs in the key of laugh, which I just want to say, um, before we go any further into the episode, David Timms, yeah. um, Phil Nickel. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so smooth. <laughs> uh, that songs, in the key of laugh is a, a play, a, 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 a quite clever play on uh, the album songs in the key of life Stevie by Stevie Wonder. Wonder. Yeah. But these are songs in the key of laugh. Yeah, so that we thought that was kind of cute, and I've only just discovered that Nick Helm hates the title of our podcast. I'm sorry, what? Nick Helm hates the title of our podcast. What?
2: What? 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 He's furious. What? He gets angry.
1: <laughs> he just he was. Billious, he probably did an hour set on it. It was Billious.
0: <laughs> he just couldn't. He couldn't. Yes, he couldn't get over it. Anyway, you're listening to songs of the key of laugh. Uh, I'm Phil Nichol. I'm David Timms. And uh, last week we had Jazz Emu. Oh, he's so good. Still in the middle of a run at the Soho Theatre. If you guys are interested in going to see him live. Check it out. Um, maybe one of the, our favourite guests we've had on the show, although we do like all our
1: guests. We do. <laughs> um,
0: if you've been uh, joining us on Patreon, you know that you can get the episode a week early, so that's quite a nice thing. And we're going to put some other stuff up on Patreon or buy Dave and I a coffee. And uh, But coming up in this episode, we've, we're going to be discussing cartoons, songs and cartoons. Cartoons pa- and songs and cartoons. This is part Cartoons part and songs and cartoons. Pa- part two. Part two. Part two. Part <laughs> two.
1: Um, we're going to be doing our comedy song contest, and we're going to be writing our nativity. We're all, we're almost we're almost there with that. Yeah, only got, got only got well, there's only a couple of weeks to go until
3: Christmas. Absolutely, <laughs> and
1: as usual, we have a fantastic interview at and at the end. Oh, I sounded I
0: sounded Yorkshire there at to end at <laughs> the end of the of the podcast. And this week we have Geraldine, Geraldine Quinn.
4: Quinn. I expect to go as well. That happens a lot where I'm like, I think I want to go here, but I don't know how to get here. Oh, what note did I just play then? So it's torturous (laughs) (laughs) and it's slow sometimes. Um, But then the most popular song in my show, Broad... is i wrote it in
1: 15 minutes so who knows who knows
4: yes
3: right
1: <laughs> um, phil <laughs> phil i want something that's really really close to your heart yes um have you ever have you ever written an ad about something really really close I and have, important to you i have i actually uh, as uh, i did a lot of training
0: uh, during the lockdowns and stuff and Okay. and when i did, when we were able to go to the gym i noticed a lot of the real buff guys mm. they were built like human martini glasses they had really tiny, tiny legs because they never <laughs> do leg day yeah. they're like they're like martini glasses. And so I, I devised a product called butthole protein that you you ingest through your butthole and it makes your legs bigger.
1: <laughs> is there a jingle?
0: Uh, there is. It goes like this. Butthole protein. It's butthole protein. It's butthole protein. A butt, butt, butt. But whole protein it's but whole protein it's but whole protein a butt but, but, it goes in through your anus <laughs> and straight down to your legs. Put it in your butthole, it's butthole protein. Everybody, butthole protein, it's butthole protein, butt protein. protein. it's butthole protein. Protein. Butt protein. Protein. Butt protein. protein, a butt, but, but, butthole protein, it's butthole protein, it's butthole protein, a butt, but, but, buy it today. <laughs> It makes your legs big. <laughs> yes, that's... Um, I mean, I think we've got a bit of a business going there, David. I think we do, if you If you're listening to this podcast and you want any ads for anything... Anything at all, your uh, podcast, just
1: your, your bathroom break.
0: Yeah, just write to uh, songs at the key of laugh at gmail.com and uh and give a title of uh, jingle jangle jingles. <laughs> jingle, is that what we call Jingle jangle jingles. Yeah.
1: Jingle jangle jingles. No, it's after that
0: nineteen forty song. I've got spurs that jingle jangle jingle <laughs> as I go riding merrily along. So we're, we could be jingle jangle jingles. I you could say I've got sperm. <laughs> didn't say that. Sting. So last episode, no la- not last episode, two episodes ago. Two episodes we, ago, yeah. We are we were discussing cartoon songs and songs in cartoons uh themes and all that sort of stuff. I mean, did we just realised how vast that entire subject is?
1: We it's, only scraped the surface. ridiculous, yeah. We, we 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 had so many different theme tunes written down that we had to split it into two episodes at yeah. least, so um, yeah, so yeah.
0: We, and we had discussed the Flintstones, and we had uh, sort of du- played some songs from uh, Family Guy, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, But one of the things we, we did, one of the ones we didn't talk about, was uh, the Popeye theme. So, I mean, there are great, great themes, tune. there's like Scooby Doo, Tom and Jerry, Looney Tunes, you know, all that stuff. But Popeye, is, yeah. one, is one of the oldest and one of the most brilliant themes ever, um, written by a guy called Sammy Lerner from the Flesher Studios. Um, it debuted in, like, 1933. I just feel so... It feels still really vibrant. There was a film. Well, it's, it started off as a comic script. Comic okay. strip, right? Written by, I think, E.C. Sager, I think is his name was. Uh, and then that comic strip became a radio show. And in the radio series, he didn't eat spinach. He ate Wheatina. And wheatina? The, wheatina? which What's made that? this. It's like a wheat product that oh. the sponsors of the radio show. Okay. And in the radio show, they would actually... He would actually eat Wheatina. There's actually a clip you can find online. There's, he eats Wheatina, and they try to fit Wheatina into the actual episodes, as well as being the sponsor so of the show.
2: we be together. Popeye, I'll stop the car. Fool you, Popeye. Yeah, matey. But first, I need extra special muscle. With me, the
1: favorite cereal.
2: What are your requirements, Popeye? Well, on account I has to
1: use the feet for brakes to stop this here trolley, I need three bones.
3: Three bones coming up. Wait, Tina, do your stuff! Here's one. Here's and the third. Now look at me, muscle!
0: Yeah, so it, went, so it went from being a radio, Popeye radio series, and it became a cartoon series. And what was great about using that theme song, I think that's where the theme was developed for the Flesher Studios, is that Popeye would end the feature of each episode by singing the last few verses okay and he would reference the episode's actions which is now kind of being picked up by modern cartoons so back in 1933 so it's done by i think family guy do it king of the hill but they were the end of the episode that slightly different versions or the beginning of the simpsons slightly different versions
1: Uh, oh like like okay so so they so they change the theme tune very very slightly depending on what happens on in the episode yeah
0: exactly and, then, and also, they, they would use the theme tune to speed up or slow down depending on Popeye's um, uh, FM energy levels. So, if he ate the thing, it would speed up. <laughs> Great. And, and also, it's, I mean, uh, even in the live, there was a live action version with Robin Williams. Have I mentioned that already? No, I haven't mentioned that already. It's so the Robert Altman film, Popeye. I mean, I don't think it's a, I think it's a brilliant film. I think it really genuinely makes it look like the cartoon. Okay. But, and, and Harry Nilsson does music and it. it's fantastic. It never gets good reviews, but I think it's awesome. I've seen it a few times. I think it's wonderful. But the so, the theme song, Popeye the Sailor Man, one of the most famous theme songs, gets parodied by everybody.
1: It does. Well, actually, when we were when we were kids, I remember uh, changing the words of it when I was probably about six or seven. I mean, right. we, we all did in the playground, but right. we would do, um uh, uh, and we thought it was hilarious, obviously. Right. Um, I'm Papa the Sailor Man, I live in a garbage can, and when I go swimming, <laughs> I kiss all the women. I'm Papa the Sailor Man. We used to run away screaming like schoolgirls. <laughs> Kids just do the best parodies. <laughs>
0: I mean, we've discussed all these things before about the sound effects in Tom and Jerry. And, uh, you know, going all the way back to silent films, the music is so vastly important. And in cartoons, especially, the music oh, it, And the important. orchestration
1: is just off the scale. It also is, I think we said this last time, but it's some of the most difficult music that musicians ever get asked to get played. Yeah, Is sure. these scores for cartoons.
0: Yeah. And if you're heading back into like, you know, well, the early Walt Disney before Steamboat Willie, and Mickey Mouse, Walt Disney was drawing for Universal Pictures and he had uh, what was the character called um, Oswald the Lucky Rabbit uh, and Trolley Troubles, I think, was the first one. And that was if you look at Oswald the Rabbit for Universal, that
1: becomes a, 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 a well, a good bit of a lookalike for the mouse, Mickey Mouse. So wait, so 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 Walt Disney, yeah. um, Walt Disney ends up being. Ended up, work, sorry, was working for Universal and then went away and worked for Disney. He
0: worked for Disney and
1: created Mickey Mouse. Oh, so, if, if, uh, if uh, only if you, Universal had known, what what could they have been? Hey, yes, they they could have been something. Oswald the Lucky Rabbit
0: actually um, has now been
1: bought back by the Disney company. Really? Yeah. Anyway,
0: but moving on from all those things, you, you move into the future, of Felix the Cat brings us Tom and Jerry, brings us you know Scooby Doo to Top Cat. Oh, it's uh, one of my
1: favourite theme tunes
0: ever, Top Cat. That is, that is a good theme tune, actually. Do you know it?
1: Um, yeah, I, I think wait. I do. Um, just bear with me one moment. <laughs> you're looking for, you're looking uh, for the lyrics? Uh, yeah. Okay. Do you know the lyrics? No. No? Okay, yeah. I think it goes... it's uh Top Cat. The most effectual Top Cat, whose intellectual close friends get to call T.C. providing hits with dignity. Top Cat, the indisputable leader of the gang. He's the boss, he's the pip, he's a championship, he's the most tipped up top, top Cat. Love it. Yeah, there you go. I think that with all of these theme tunes and cartoons that we've been speaking of, it's the feeling behind them, which is what makes them so... So wonderful! It's mm-hmm. the it's the thought in your head, and it's where it takes you back to. It takes you back to that Saturday morning and running downstairs oh, before mum and dad are awake, yeah. and you're sitting underneath the blanket, and you've turned you've you know you've just worked out how to have, turn the telly on, and now you're yeah. going to watch all the cartoons you possibly can. Yeah. And there it is. There's Scooby Doo.
0: It was Scooby Doo for you. Scooby Doo for me. Looney Tunes. Like a oh, with, absolutely. Yeah. That, when that Looney Tune that was so very exciting. Spider-Man does whatever a spider can, spins a web any size, catches thieves just like thighs. Look out, here comes a Spider-Man. Oh, is he strong? Listen, bud, he's got radioactive blood. Can he swing from a thread? Take a look overhead. Hey there, there goes a Spider-Man. In the chill of night, at the scene of a crime, like a streak of light, he arrives just in time. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, friendly neighborhood Spider-Man Wealth and fame he's ignored, action is his reward to him Life is a great big bang up, wherever there's a hang up You'll
1: find a Spider-Man <laughs> I love that theme tune. I love it. I'm I'm going to go with something slightly more modern. Okay. Right? Um because because I think uh I, there's a there's a kind of a genre that we've kind of stayed away from. Um and this is I'm going I'm going with Pokemon. Oh. Right? And this this theme tune is um it it doesn't just have three chords. It's got loads of them. And um so it's it's, it's great. It's um ow. Oh, I played it wrong. I want to be the very best Like no one ever was To catch them is my real test To train them is my cause I will travel across the land Searching far and wide Teach Pokemon to understand The power that's inside
3: Pokemon, gotta catch them all I know it's my destiny you teach me and I'll teach you, Pokémon.
1: Gotta catch them all, Pokémon. I got a little bit carried away there, but uh, I like that one. <laughs> Comedy song competition contest, contest, time. Test. It's contest a competition. Um, so, what have we got this week, Phil?
0: Well, um, we've d- oh,
1: we have got a good one. It's oh, really? uh,
0: yeah, got a great one actually. It's by a guy from France. Oh. He's called Roderick Land. Bonjour, Roderick. He's a composer, lyricist, singer, performer, and he wrote King Kong Tonight.
2: She makes the moon go ape and the monkeys go bananas when the sun goes down on the jungles and savannas. A strong man's dream of an African queen and I'm King Kong Tonight. I met her at the mission where the Jesuits prayed They had a new position so we all got laid Took her down the river in a boat I made Singing I'm King Kong tonight But her man came home, a half a ton gorilla He took a look at me and said, I like vanilla And he and Mrs. Kong began to get it on And I was monkey in the middle all night To the mission in my distress Told them all about it And they wanted her address Missionary needs a little change I guess even King Kong Tonight She makes the moon go pink when the monkeys go bananas When the sun goes down On the jungles and savannas Strong man's dream of an African queen And I'm King Kong Tonight Many miles from the jungle and the years have flown I'm living in Manhattan so it feels like home But the women are neurotic and they're bald as bones And they won't kiss calm tonight I miss that monkey that I loved so dear I even miss her husband but I don't mean queer It would just be nice if we could all be we're watching King Kong tonight She made the moon go ape and the monkeys go bananas When the sun went down on the jungles and savannas A strong man's dream was an African queen For me, King Kong tonight Yeah, she makes the moon go ape and the monkeys go bananas When the sun goes down on the Strong man's dream of an African queen and King Kong tonight. King Kong tonight. I have King Kong tonight. I King Kong
0: We've been writing a nativity musical, improv nativity dictionary musical. Well, we don't use a dictionary, as you know. We are
1: using David's piano tuning book. Yes. um, She's
0: here.
1: So um just we, just to uh, just to fill you in um, yeah we've doing the nativity we've been following it just like you would a children's nativity but this one is not suitable for children so please do not let your children listen to it um we hope we hope that this will be ready for uh, Christmas Eve yeah. um, and uh, we've just got to well, J- Jesus has just been born that's right. where we're up to <laughs>
0: Jesus has been born Yeah I'm going to open the piano tuning book put my finger down and well, it landed between two words. It said "trying, trying to pass." Trying, <laughs> but that's more of a phrase. Let me do it. Let me do it one more time. Okay. okay
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, travel. Travel. Well, that works really well. You that's, could. That worked out really well. That worked out really, really well. <laughs> <laughs> and the line
0: before it says "another land," but anyway. Wow, amazing! Uh... Sorry, travel. <laughs> We're not, I'm not making it up I wish you'd be here You couldn't write it You could write it Well it was written It's called the Bible
1: Okay so this is Well this one's got to be about That big star Hasn't it Well it's got to be about People travelling
0: from another land <laughs> I would say
3: I'm
0: a star Some of you may want to follow this guy But I'm not on Instagram I'm not on TikTok Won't find me on Twitter I'm more of a show, I'm not all talk I'm a star You'll see me in the east um, star. If you're a shepherd, you'll see me above your beast. I'm the star, the North star, I'm that star that you follow and I'm gonna take you to heaven, to the Lord, where he has been given to us in the yard. He's got surrounded by sheep and pigs and ducks and Goose and donkeys and all of the things you find in a manger. He's gonna be that little tiny baby crying his little tiny
3: ass off. Cause I'm a star. I'm a
0: star. I'm a star. Look at me. Don't look at him. I'm a star. If you'd like to follow me, you can find me on Instagram at (laughs) at Star 900 or on Twitter at The Star. You'll also see me on Facebook called The Star.
1: Do you write comedy songs? I do. If you do, then please send them in to us for our comedy song competition. Okay, I will. You've got the chance to win £200 or a £50 runner's up prize. Even that would be good. Send them in to songsinthekeyoflaugh at gmail.com. That sounds easy enough. Send them in now. It's a global po- podcast, this one, isn't it, Phil? It is indeed. We're going
0: all the way to Australia, to Melbourne, Australia for this one. Wow. Via Zoom. By,
1: yeah, I've never been to Australia. I have, loads of times. Have, have you? you? Yeah, I got married in Australia.
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> she hurt me. She hurt me, d Anyway, anyway. <laughs> this week's guest is
3: Geraldine, Geraldine Quinn. <laughs>
1: that's your own fault but you'll know them soon this jingle has been personalized Uh for a guest that we hope that you recognize
3: and this week their name is insert name here
0: geraldine quinn it's geraldine quinn everybody (laughs) wow hi geraldine quinn uh nominated for the most outstanding show and the golden gibbo the best local independent show at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival in 2022 oh my god but that's just that's only scratching the surface Geraldine Quinn I've known you for how many years I don't know how I, many, I, 15 at least uh, longer oh uh, well, I've done,
4: I've done yeah oh my god <laughs> I've done 17 Melbourne International Comedy Festivals the what? guitar the guitar behind me you've you've played before, yes, so, yes, I have. Yeah. I thought you might we have played, recognized
0: we, it. Yeah, we played. We played. Didn't we play the Scared Little Guys had a band, a, a comedy band. Yep, that used to let people up.
4: Yep, super that, band. Yep. Yeah, super which band, I super band kind of took over the mantle of a bit when I uh, created uh, a house band for festival club, which we did for about ten years. Wow. Well, okay. So not sure if it's happening next year, but yes. you know, we had fun. We made magic.
0: Yeah, right, of course Well, why wouldn't it be happening next year?
4: I don't know I mean, well, our guitarist is retired um, And it's a lot of work So Yes uh, I don't know, I mean, I don't know if you know what it's like Trying to wrangle people for things
0: But yeah This is David Timms, he is my musical director We run a show called The Cray Cray Cabaret At the Comedy Store once a month in London And David is, he's the leader of
1: the biggish band It's big-ish. It's not not that big, but it can be. Uh, Yeah, so it's (laughs) big-ish.
0: But but it's a very similar concept, Geraldine, is that we'd like to get that uh, project up to the point where we can run it every night. In fact, the Cray Cray ran every night in Edinburgh, um, but that was before David joined the the project. That sounds Uh, fun. It was nuts. It was really hard to to organise.
4: It's really, really fun to do. It is really hard to organise because people don't realise how, not all people, but a lot of people don't realise how much work goes into um, wrangling musicians and organising um, structures and rehearsals and keys and all that sort of stuff. And the thing is it wasn't just a covers band. We always had a theme, so I always pitched a specific mm. theme because Super Band's thing was it was like a live karaoke band. It was like what Masayoki yes. is now and yes. I didn't want to do the same thing as them. So my first pitch for it was can we do epic rock one year, any, any decade? We did chick rock, we did art rock, we did goth rock, like just... We just tried to pick something that was specific and then fit into it. And and for ten years, people still would contact me and say, "Can I be in your eighties band?" It's like it's not. It's not one.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's
4: not an eighties band. It's just not. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, and, it's and, and it's and, tough.
0: Uh, yeah, and and you um you've been playing guitar. You are you a piano player as well. Ah,
4: uh, like two fingers. I play with two fingers.
0: Well, in that case, everyone's a piano player.
4: I do because sometimes you're a good guitarist, Phil. I'm I'm an uh, what's the word? I'm guitarist. I'm sensational. I'm a magical a fraction above average. I'm I'm functional. I'm a functional (laughs) guitarist, but I'm a very good singer. So um, sometimes I write stuff. And I know the chord in my head and I can't play it on a guitar. That's when my two fingers come out. And then I find another finger and go, it's this note in the chord. And sometimes, I'm not joking, I'm very good in my ears, you see, but sometimes I just Google what chord are these notes? What is that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had a
0: little machine that did that. And I, before um, phones had all the fancy computers on, you could just, str- it a little little box and you could just strum the guitar chord and it would tell you what chord it was. It would just guess I, the notes.
1: So. I, I think I had one of them when, yeah. I, was, when I was about six. Yeah, yeah like yeah. a chord finder yeah. thing. Hang yeah. on,
4: how, are you 12? Like, <laughs> yeah. how no, young I, is I, this I, person?
1: He's a young man. I, I'm well. I'm 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 a half Phil's age. I'm I'm 32. He's he's oh, you 70, that. 64. You're
4: not that. young <sighs> Oh
1: no, no, I'm not. I'm not that young. He's uh, a
0: virile young man, though. He's just had a
4: baby. I have. I
1: have. Oh, I you don't have, have to
4: prove it by having a baby. <laughs> <laughs> and here it is. <laughs> Look what my loins have brought forth. <laughs>
3: oh,
4: <wow>. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Actually,
0: well, yeah, just look at my loins, David.
4: Anyway. <laughs> you could have you so... just done that. Just done that. Yeah, yeah. And you could've get arrested and you go to jail and then it's all done. No <laughs> apps for you.
0: <laughs> I put a little baby's bib on mine and say, look at my child. <laughs> it looks like me. Anyway. That's
3: because I'm a bit Officer?
0: of a dickhead. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, so, uh, so I want to I want to explore this a little bit further. So, you're, you're obviously a fantastic singer, great singer. Uh, it's extraordinary, actually. Uh, but did you have you trained? Are you a trained
4: singer? No, Jordan? no. So that's all natural.ly oh, I'm an irritating person who never who never trained. So, um, there's definitely bumps and scrapes and uh, stuff that better singers than me. I kind of go. Oh, I should probably iron that out, shouldn't I? Somebody, um, I have things I could learn. Um, but yeah, a lot of it was just trying to sing like other people, and sing and and, and doing what I guess trained singers will do is just trying to stretch their range. But I would just do it because I really want to sing such and such a song, so I'll practice. I, like in my late teens, I maybe early twenties, actually it would have been early twenties because it was the nineties. So uh, I sang a lot of Divine Comedy because. Um, Neil yeah. Hannan does wonderful, I love his melodies and he really pushes the full range of his voice. So, And a lot of like Kate Bush is in a different, she's not in the most comfortable range for me, um, but yeah. that got me up there. And you just keep stretching it like a muscle and, and whatever else. But my bridge is bumpy. There's lots of like billy goats and trolls around my vocal bridge. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. Did, um, what got you into What got you into music and comedy in the first place? What a strange question, young man.
4: Well, are your are your
0: parents are your are your parents musical or your family musical? Or it's like, are you were you were you raised in a convent? <laughs> sang hymns?
4: my I do have a couple of great aunts who were nuns, and my uncle is a priest. But no, oh, okay. um, no. Well, I uh, my parents love music. They're not musicians, but they love music. Right. I do have a lot of cousins, in especially on my dad's side. Uh, my uncle Frank was a musician. Um, my cousin Loretta's a musician, Matt's a musician, and I'm talking cousins from different families. So my dad's family's from, dad's from a family of about 10 and mum's from a family of about 10. So I have dozens and dozens and dozens of first cousins and there's seven of us as well. So, um, so and you're still not married. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I, I, to my cousins, no. Um, uh, yeah, no
0: I just know an old Australian tale, isn't it? As we make but also fun of.
4: don't don't need to be because have. More than twenty nieces and nephews. So the breeding's yeah. continuing fine, guys. Uh, yeah. You don't need mine. It's it can stay no. vacant. Um so,
3: vacant. <laughs> so, vacancy. No yeah. vacancy. <laughs> so
4: yeah, so so it's funny that a lot of um, a lot of the family in um on my dad's side in particular have been quite musical might be the kind of they're also depressive and we self-medicate yeah. so there's that <laughs> <laughs> must be the irish side that's that yes <laughs> well yeah. i think drinking
0: and goes with the song doesn't it i mean of course um, it you, does you you know why why <laughs> want let's do you do you find you sing more when you're drunk
1: no. Me, one without <laughs> a shadow of a doubt. There's, it is, it's. I mean, Edinburgh, Edinburgh is the perfect, or any any um, fringe festival is a perfect example of musicians and performers. Uh, singing far too much after having a drink, surely. And uh, I, do you do that, Geraldine? I don't know. I, no. I, I find I find that there's absolutely no chance that I won't sing Bohemian Rhapsody every single night at the top of my voice as I'm walking down the mile uh, at three in the morning. So, um,
4: yeah. well, the, the difference between you and I is that I um, occasionally get paid to sing, so I, I need to. Pro- I don't, I need to protect it, so I don't. I don't sing yeah. down the mile. I'm not saying you don't get paid to sing. I'm saying <laughs> the difference is I get concerned about what the voice is going to be able <laughs> to do because every festival, someone will come up to me and someone will say, "I'm losing my voice. What do I do?" And I'm like, "Don't go to a bar and don't talk. That's yeah.
1: just 100%. don't talk." Like. Yep.
0: I get it all the time And my voice Because we do these uh, Interviews t- Tend to be on a Tuesday After I've had a long weekend Of screaming my guts out You know what my act is like Geraldine So I I'm do. screaming my guts out And then I can't really sing For our, the singing bits in our, in our podcast And it's starting to annoy me really Oh Philip it's, it. it's really when funny I just had learned
4: because a similar thing's actually happening to me this week so i've got a gig in uh, regional victoria it's about 5 hours drive from melbourne in victoria australia and mm. i'm trying to herd the cats of the musicians for a band rehearsal for a mate's wedding and the uh, one of the only days they've got is either the day that i'm coming back from that regional show <laughs> so 6 right. hour drive or it's the night before i'm in a studio recording And yes, technically the night before would be easier, but I just went, if I don't even get enough sleep, my voice is going to be stuffed. So I'd rather ruin myself on that driving back from Portland gig and do a rehearsal so that because I don't need to be singing Bonnie Tyler for a frigging wedding. Right before no. I'm about to do a, an album that we've been trying to get into the studio six years now, and yes, ruin it for want, everybody else. Recording <laughs> it
0: exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've, I've made that <clears> have <throat> made that mistake. I was asked to do something on for BBC Radio Four, sing the uh, a, a cover of a Proclaimers song uh, for the because they couldn't get the rights for the Proclaimers song for the for the radio uh, series, and I and I can sing the song. But I went out the whole night before. In fact, Kirsty Newton was with me, and we, ah, we both went out the night Kirstie. before. And she was so hungover; she vomited all the way through the recording. And uh, and, and, I, and, I, and I and I couldn't sing. And I couldn't sing those. She sounds amazing on it because she's a pro. But she's I, so good. but I was so. We were we were both in pretty bad shape. In fact, I think the whole band was with us. Ivan Shepherd and Matt Blair. I think the, all of us were pretty bad. So don't do that.
4: No. Don't Don't do that. Don't do that. And the other thing about drinking and singing is what does drinking do? You just lose all your sense of kind of awareness of where your voice is and you lose your inhibitions and you just go, I can totally, I can do all of Paradise by the dashboard. I know. I I am Prince. I know I am. It sounds
0: amazing. (laughs) It sounds amazing. So, Geraldine, the little um, bit that I know about you and I, I don't, I mean, I've known you for a long time and I've seen you perform many times, but you uh, continue to record music. You continue to record... Albums. How many albums do you have now? Uh, six. Six. And this will be the seventh one you're going to record?
4: This one's a Christmas album that's actually um, a, a friend of mine, Casey Benetto, who uh, is a magnificent songwriter and very funny. Yeah. Uh, Tim knows him, so <coughs> he's not a bad option if you want another Australian. Oh, um, I, I've,
0: I know Casey. You yeah. know Casey? Yeah, yeah. So you know Casey's yeah. great.
4: So, so we do sure. a Christmas show every year called A Swing mm. and Bell of Christmas. It's mostly a lot of original songs of his um, right. and I've written one for the for it as well and there's lots that have been written over the last six or seven years that we haven't ever got into the studio to record. Right. So now that we've got through all the pandemic stuff, um, yes. we're, we're like let's get into a studio and just get, because basically we've got people that come back every year. We sold yeah. out the Brunswick Ballroom last week. We sold out wow. two nights in... A day and a half, and that's about 270, 300 seater. Day right, and a half, really nice. and put on, had to put right. on an extra show. So there are really dedicated punters who are gurgling to have a copy of some of the songs that we've been doing in the interim, including my own. Even though I did a recording of my own song, we like to try to do it live with the actual... Yes. The regular annual band, so yes, so that's what we're doing there. Um, I've got a bit of a backlog of stuff. I haven't been recording because I think the last one I did, Phil, I (laughs) stupidly pressed physical copies. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, right. A lot under my bed still, and that was seven years ago. People
0: people still buy them though. I just read this week, and this I don't know if this is absolutely true. That Taylor Swift just had the top ten singles. Was of the, yeah. um, the top 10 singles charts in America was in all 10 places that only been yeah. nearly done once poor nine places by by someone ridiculous like Prince or something like that. Mm. Yeah, top, all top, all, 10. All and, top and, but, 10. But, uh, and so I looked, at, I kind of don't know anything about Taylor Swift to be honest. And I looked into it and realized that these are they're talking about physical copies, they're talking about people are buying albums and CDs. I'm like, who
1: who does that? What, what, why, why? Are you doing that? I think it encompasses all the downloads as well. That I don't think. I don't think that. Really?
0: I think this chart is like the hard copy chart. So I think there is a market for it out
4: there. So I just need to get about a thousand Taylor Swift fans to buy my merch.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sorted. (laughs) You're done. Call your album Taylor Swift. I'm
4: sure. (laughs) I'm sure they're really going to relate to all those songs I wrote about what would happen if the entirety of Melbourne shut down and there was no live music, which I wrote <laughs> ten years before a pandemic hit and the whole Whoa. of Melbourne shut down and there was no live music
1: wow. what, was it, was, was, the, was the song accurate like obviously you were, telling, you were a whole concept album telling it was
4: a whole concept album. What was it? Yeah, it was a whole concept Mind up. blown. Yeah. I was like, okay. oh. And you know what it came from, interestingly, um, there was a bit of a, an issue around the 2010s in Victoria where um, it happened in Sydney. They, the government got a bit excited about um, liquor licensing laws and that places were staying open too late. And so if you had live music, you had to have a security guard. And Victoria brought in a similar thing. Sydney was where Sydney just kind of put a curfew on. This is like so we're talking 20, 2009, 2010 sort of thing and, and Victoria did a similar thing and it was just driving little venues like a little cafe in Ormond or something that would have a jazz guy come and play on a guitar, would be required to, have, to pay for a security guard because there's live music playing and they saw that link between live music and some kind of fight breaking out because they were conflating bigger gigs and some occasional consequences of the alcohol consumption with playing live at all. So venues just stopped booking musicians because they said, we can't pay for a security guard. So it was was a pretty big misstep um, and that was the main uh, inspiration for that album because it was like Melbourne's so known for music, for life music. There's so many bands that have come out of Melbourne and it isn't the same as it was even in the 90s. It's certainly not when, you know, the cold chisels of the world were doing pub circuits. So what would happen if a city basically so well-known for that scene couldn't, nobody could play? Because gentrification does it as well. People move in, go, this is a cool suburb. Oh, no, that pub's really loud. We'll shut it down
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: well that's i when i nineteen ninety when I first came over uh, to um, Melbourne and staying in fitzroy mm-hmm. and uh, and in a bit north Fitzroy, and just all all the pubs down there, all great big pubs, all great lovely old buildings, yep. um, from there all the way to the esplanade all the way through the city, these pubs had live music almost mm-hmm. every weekend. The punters was one of the most rocking gigs uh, i 've ever been to in a pub. Uh, saw the weddings parties, anything there, and saw the gadflies there, and saw these amazing Australian bands it, and the culture around. Music in Melbourne was exceptional, as there was so many horn players, so many um, you know uh, great guitar players, bass players, drummers, and and all doing like there was a weird lounge culture in the 1990s. If you remember, Geraldine was like bands playing sort of like like tuba versions of like yes. songs, but in a pub on a Sunday afternoon, packed yeah. out with people, you know, all paid three dollars to get in. It was it was phenomenal.
4: And it um, wasn't. It wasn't just weekends. It was. It was every night. So you'd go to the Rainbow Hotel. Yeah. And there'd be something on every night. It might be. And it might be. Yeah. Um, oh gosh, I'm going to get his name wrong. It's a Paul Williamson. It's Jane Clifton's husband. He's a sax player, jazz guy. Right. Um, right. It, it, heaps. I mean, I saw. I saw Corky and the Juice Pigs at Prince Patrick when Will Anderson was supporting you. So. Oh right. Yeah. So I was probably nine, ten, twenty. Oh, so that would have wow. been ni- mid nineties.
0: Yes, that yeah. would have been. It would have been 90, 91, 92, In fact, I think when we're, would, no, I, I was, it, was it, I was
4: still in high school then. Sorry, okay, I was. I the, it, uh, <laughs> I, it would have been after ninety two. Let's just say that I was already. Yeah, sorry, okay, I was already six years into Look, my comedy I would, career. I would have driven. Um, I would have driven, and I didn't get my license till I was nineteen. So, right, uh, right, so yeah, it would have right. been nineteen ninety six or seven.
0: Right. Yes, Will was our I think it was his first year at the Melbourne Comedy Festival. Mm. Uh and and now look at him now.
4: I know what's I know.
0: I it's know, weird it's being
4: it's it's so weird. So before did... the
0: interview before we started the interview um um before we started this interview we were talking about Tim Minchin because mm. we were talking about talking about something that Tim had done on our show, and you were saying you started around the same time as as the lovely Tim Minchin.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. We we and met as a, as a, yeah. in I can tell you we met in uh, October, I think it was October two thousand and four, mm-hmm. and we I think he'd done Perennium, Millennium or whatever the name of that first show was at the Butterfly Club yes. when it was in South Melbourne. And remember, he yeah. then did his first proper show at Comedy Festival in 2005, which was my first year as well. Oh. And then, uh, bye! <laughs> yeah, you know, I remember hearing, but I remember hearing I was at that
0: festival. I'm not sure what year that was. 2005. Five. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, and all I remember is every everyone said to me, "Have you seen? Have you gone to see Tim? Minchin? you see?" Because <coughs> I was kind of known as at that point more of a musical comedian because of Corking the Juice Pigs. Um, but uh, yeah, his it, it was it was like a. A blast of success. Yeah. Well, Melbourne um, and
4: Australia have both got, um, in general, have got a really good musical comedy kind of pedigree. So, yeah. Tripod was already going for ages. Doug Anthony Tripod, All-Stars sca- as well. Yeah, and, yeah. Scared me the Little Guys. Little Guys. In fact, guys, and
0: Woodley, yeah. who were the found objects. Yes, yes. Uh, I, and and
4: I, that, saw, I saw the found objects when they were the found objects. And so the, thir- the third yeah. one, sh- sh- Shane? Shane? He's from Wagga uh, Wagga, which
0: is where I'm born. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so. it's not it's not Shane. It's um, so what oh, it? what's What's no, his name? No
4: oh, I'm so Shane sorry. Is,
0: Shane, Shane is from the Umbilical Brothers.
4: No, well, there's okay. lots of Shanes, Phil. Well, there a of I haven't confused <laughs> there my Shanes. I've just forgotten the name of there the tall Shane. blonde guy In found objects. That's that's what they called him,
0: which is why <laughs> he's no longer in the band. <laughs> We, but he, we've got but moving forward we, through Australia through Australian musical comedy culture, we've now you, you went through we went through that. Then then there was a tripod were the next big ones. Then there's um Axis of Awesome mm-hmm. who had obviously a huge hit with their four chord uh routine. Yep. And then and then you and then you've got Sammy J, yep. uh who's who's been in a couple of plays or been in a play that I've produced and I've known for a long time. Um the, the the there is so many we've had who we have on? We had uh Jude, um, You've had Jude Pearl. And, uh Jude
4: Pearl. Jude Pearl yeah.
0: on from, well, that she's uh, the newer
4: so, I was in the same wave Eddie Perfect too. I was in the sort Eddie of the Perfect, same the
0: Beetle, Beetlejuice, the author of Beetlejuice,
4: yeah. I was in the same kind of wave as Eddie and Tim. Yeah. And um <laughs> look at me. Sorry, my I'm white knuckling <laughs> their coattails, guys. I do have a no, career. You're not. It's just <laughs>
3: You're not that's Look, I'm just a bit, bit more
4: fringe. <laughs> you're, on, you're on you're on songs in the key of laugh. I, I mean, know. yeah, could I've...
1: it could it be any better? I know. But also
0: because because obviously we have we have this I mean, we kind of share that in a way. I mean, I've been th- I've been in Cork the Juice Pigs, of course, we were like huge in we on Mad TV and everything, but uh, as a as a personal as a solo act, I sort of drift along, you know, in the fringe world in the world of fringe and I don't mm. think there's anything there's not. It's nothing to be embarrassed about. You're about to go into a recording studio and record with Casey Benetto. I think he didn't. He write Keating the musical. He did. Was that yep. One? That was and one of the things. I, first things I heard about about Casey. So Casey Benetto, you will love because he's, 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 he's. I think he's a multi instrumentalist. He plays, plays piano at least. I
3: did ask
4: him once, "What's your main instrument? What do you feel like the most? This is my thing." And he said, "Rhythm guitar." But he can basically play everything. He plays drums. He plays, play, drums, like, he plays okay, keys. Yeah. He plays bass. Yeah. yeah.
0: He's, the, the guy, the guy, and, and also he's a great singer and just a fantastic personality. But I don't know where he stands because I haven't been in Australia for, so, for so that long. But he's one of those people you think that he, he should be and possibly will be known worldwide at some point because he's too talented to be overlooked. But he, you're he right may, about
4: that. He is one of those but people. He may choose, but he, he may choose
0: to float in, in working circles where he doesn't uh, face that.
4: And and anybody industry knows who he is, and, and I, I talk. I talked about him a little bit in my um, my nominated show this year. Broad, I, I was talking about that Christmas gig that we do, and I was saying, "Well, I, I co-host it with Casey Bonetto, and if you don't know who he is, you really should, because he's just yeah, so talented, so prolific, and and an incredibly generous person and performer yes. as well. So he." Um, you know, yeah, he's, he's a sweetheart. He, he's given me so much work in the sense of when I feel like an industry is not going, oh, Geraldine's right for this because we can. they'll pick somebody else, Casey will go, no, no, we'll get Geraldine in. So the fact that I've got to co-host that Christmas gig, that hugely popular, sold-out-in-a-day-and-a-half Christmas gig for I think... I think it's seven or eight years. I've been the co-host now. Like yeah. I, that's incredible for me. That's when you feel down about stuff. It's like, well, I get to do that. That's do like that. the funnest gig of the year with my friends, yeah. and that's really cool. I think. I think you. I think
0: you are underselling yourself.
4: <laughs> it's the, six it's albums, my family. It's the family so, way.
0: How many years? <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess
4: it's healthy.
1: I, th- I, th- I think I think that you're bo- you both. I've just kind of sat and listened, right? I think that you're both underselling yourselves massively. I've listened through I've listened through uh, several albums worth of your stuff over the last few days, Geraldine, and it's oh. fantastic.
4: Oh my god, it's
1: fantastic. Your voice is your voice is absolutely wonderful, <laughs> and and Phil Phil is. Uh, I mean, you are one of the. If you talk to any comic. And I've now had the massive pleasure of meeting so many through Phil. Talk to any comic, they just say, I'd just love to watch him because you watch you watch Phil on stage and it is just it's mind blowing and Geraldine, I haven't had the I haven't had the pleasure of coming to watch a show of yours but I have listened through your live album and you, you I can hear that people are eating out of the palm of your hand with every sing, with everything that you're doing seriously though it, it, it you, you sound you sound so good your songwriting is is so so spot on and <laughs> And and the way the way that you kind of um, the way that your live out, the last one that I listened to the um, uh, which one was it um, I've only got one, the, live ja- one. Uh, oh ja- the jar the Jarvis Cocker
4: scream Jarvis Cocker when you are losing. scream Jarvis Cocker
1: yes when you're losing <laughs> that it, it's it's fantastic it's got like it's got a beautiful arc in it it's it's really really nice I tra- so
4: you're being over
1: generous so thank
4: you um, I like yeah I, I'm I'm very I like performing live. Um, no, I never felt like I captured my voice very well in studio. Do you get that feel? Like you sort of feel like, ah, it's got a... I think that's why we yeah. want to do that Christmas album live because there's something about that free song of... It took me a long time to learn how to sell a story in a song as a singer yeah. um, while you're in a tiny booth with yeah. no one there, you know. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah, it's I, hard.
0: I, I've got loads of recordings of studio records of me, and I just think, nah, I think I, I I I'm overthinking it. And I can mm. sing that so much better, or I feel tight and it's not loose. And, um, and it's, I guess it's like anything it's, the more you do it, the better, the easier it becomes. It's so interesting
4: it, to I, learn, though, just to actually finally get into that position and go, well, okay, I'll produce it myself and I'll pay for the studio and I'll get everybody in, and, and you'll learn a lot about how you how you record and now I've got better stuff at home. I'm still learning. Okay, I've, I never had that background that my, my late brother did or my, or Casey did where they, they were nerds about tech and they right. really got into it in their teens and I'm 47 going, I need to learn this just so I can kind of, so it's cheaper. But I'm also excited right. about, oh, I should be able to learn this. And get better at it, and get better equipment, and 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 use a vocal writer, and understand that better. And the more I understand it, the more I'm going to be able to do, and that's um that's pretty exciting as well.
1: I I think something that has something that's helped me with that go, going into a studio and uh, then you know actually selling selling my voice when I sing something is working with. Working with the right producers, and then seeing how these producers will speak to their singers, and I've I've had the most unbelievable pleasure of working with with an Australian, uh, Mike Chapman, um, who wrote simply the best for Tina Turner. He wrote "Lonely This Christmas" and um, lots lots of very very famous songs. Um, "Call Me" <clears throat> by
0: Blondie. Well, he did.
1: He 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 produced all of Blondie's uh, of, of that first album. Oh my uh, god! First, first three albums. a Sweet yeah so it's oh my a huge, 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 huge huge you better take producer care.
4: you better watch out if you got long black hair oh we've got a fox on the run the- bit in one of my songs we just went right we want to do that fox on the run thing that-
1: <laughs> <laughs> but but watching watching him in a in a studio and watching him work with a singer completely changed the way that i i now do it and now i now get the chance to produce and work with so many different singers. And it's wonderful. And I now feel I can get so much more out of them, but it's, it's, it's all, it's all about being able to take that live sound and find the right person who can kind of, Blend it in in the studio as well, and you, sometimes you can be lucky enough to do it yourself.
4: Yeah, well, you're so, not you're not wrong. You actually you made a great point, and you saw me do, giving you a massive thumbs up there, like some kind of Ocker parody. But like <laughs> when I was one of the best things about because so Casey um, produced. Uh, You're the Voice Songs for the Ordinary by an Anthemaniac, my album, which was my Gibbo winning show 11 years ago. And um, I just it was at his home studio. And the hours and hours and hours of just sitting there and watching somebody do that was invaluable. Same with um, Modern Day Made in Art, which was another album in 2014. I sat there in Steve Hearn's studio and just because I was there every step of the way because I'm, pro- I'm producing it. As a, you know, it's got to sound like this. These are my songs. And then get the whole band in and we did, Fox Ponsing was alive. Um, we pretty much had the band in the studio straight away. And last gig in Melbourne, which was that huge concept album, we we put down the drums and the bass first and then I just got in who I could get in, when I could get them in and built it up. And that was another way of producing an album. And, and it's all been tremendous to learn from People who do know how to do it, and you do you suck it up, you just sit there going, teach me, teach me the
1: things, yeah yeah, yeah. it's it's so it's so so true can can we can we talk a bit about your your songwriting because you've you've mentioned that that you that you play you play a bit a bit a bit of guitar, and I know I've, I've seen seen you playing the guitar and you definitely can. Um but um what about what about all of these huge arrangements that you have for these big show tunes that you do? Where where so I'm guessing that that you write your your, your lyrics first, maybe, and then and then you get your band involved to to write write your big band parts? How does it work?
4: Uh I don't know. Um <laughs> 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 I think I tell you another, I mean, I dropped Casey's name a lot because um, when I was trying to, he worked with me on You're the Voice and Last Gig and um, I got really, really stuck. And when he wrote Keating, the musical, if you've got listeners who aren't Australian, by the way, Paul Keating was a Labor Prime Minister um, yeah. he was the treasurer under Bob Hawke. Anyway, look him up. That's it's it's really good. It's a good musical. Mm-hmm. And it's, he said, and, and it's he, an
0: interesting story, the Keating story. Is it's an, an interesting, interesting
4: story, and he is still yeah. kicking, and he does still get on the news sometimes, and he is still as erudite as he always was. Yeah. But anyway, um, he said, when I got stuck, I just picked a genre and and the story, and went, okay, well, I'm going to try and write this in this genre, um, and. That was actually a great way to get out of my head. So I don't know if you heard my really long mini rock opera about the Edinburgh Festival called Festival Rhapsodical. That is about seven or eight tiny songs that right, we just okay. wove together. So right. And that was 100%. I said, I don't know how to write this in case we just write a ballad bit, just write not exactly a country bit, like just pick a genre and just go. Yeah. And then I just kind of with my stupid little hands (laughs) fumbled my way around the guitar or a keyboard and went okay I can transition from that little piece to this key for that little piece that way so I'm I'm kind of not fluent if that makes sense I I know what's in my head and I can kind of fudge around it and I can say this is basically an E flat something but this note's different and then a more fluent person can tell me what it is. So sometimes I've got a bit of a snippet of a melody in my head and or a snippet of a line, a lyric that suggests a melody because if you're writing, um, particularly when you're storytelling songs, which I tend to think of what I write more than comedy songs, you need to have a good grasp of the scan of language and where the stresses usually are so that you can fit that to how your melody's shape works and the meaning is really easy for the audience to get straight away. And you get better yeah. at that the more you do it, for sure. Yeah. So you might have that little snippet and then go, sometimes not being that great on an instrument can take you somewhere you didn't expect to go as well. That happens a lot where I'm like, mm. I think I want to go here, but I don't know how to get here oh, what note did I just play then? So it's torturous (laughs) and it's slow sometimes. Um, But then the most popular song in my show, Broad, uh, is I wrote it in 15 minutes. So who knows? Who knows? Yes,
0: right. Yeah, Yeah, there's no, I mean, it is obviously, I think it's usually the way for me that the thing that comes out in one lump is the most satisfying Thing. And then, but there's other songs I've spent so much time mm. trying to make work and rearranging and trying to. I know that it's gonna, and never, and there is something satisfying about finishing it. But I always feel the ones that come out, that come out in one are. I don't know if it's just because I like to think it's inspired, or if it's because uh, it's just easier.
4: Well, I think
0: I, I think I mean, in... you're you're you doing you making these you writing these songs in that method though, considering that you're in your own words not a great guitar player a two-finger piano player uh, means that there's something going on musically in your head
4: 100 percent. I- it's just it's just about translation so i'm just not i know i can hear it and i can't and casey's we've had this conversation too and he said the same thing he's like there's definitely stuff i can hear going on in my head that i can't play. Um, and sometimes I'll give you, I'll give the, I'll take it to a band. Not, not all my songs go to a band. Sometimes it might be an accompanist. Sometimes I'll just build it myself, but sometimes I'll take it to a band and go, okay, this is the rough chords. This is the rough structure. I want, these are your reference points for what I want it to sound like. For example, there's a song called um, Scrag Fight on Swanson street on last gig in Melbourne, which is about a 1970s Melbourne and um, some sharps uh, having a fight. It's a subculture of Melbourne, if you look up the Sharpies. Uh, yeah. And in it, I wanted the bass to be a downstroke with a plectrum. Um, the bass player on that was Ash Smith, fantastic, great singer, melodic as fuck. Like, he's great. Just went. I don't know. I think it might be, and he's just finger fingering. Sorry to use the word fingering, but it's in context. (laughs) And I I had to stop him and go. It's a downstroke with a plectrum, and there's. I'm not negotiating because it's the vibe Mm. of the song. It's 1973, Sharpies on Swanson Street it's a downstroke with the plectrum. So when I know, I know, but it's good to have that little crack of I've picked you to play in the band because there's something about the way you play that I think will bring something to it that maybe I haven't thought of. So it's just continuing to shift. It's all tools, I reckon. I think if you're stuck, picking a genre tool can work. And other days you go, I definitely want it to sound like this. Knowing when to quit on a song, knowing when... I've spent three weeks and it's just not working. I'm going to park it. Is yeah. a, it's just keep everything's method. Same with acting. You go and you go to a school and they tell you that the only way to, to act is this way. It's this. It's the method or it's that or it's that or whatever. But they're all tools and if they work to help you get where you want to go, great. If they don't work, pick another tool. That's what I
1: think. I think well, that's a very good that's yeah. very well, spot on.
0: I think a lot of our, our listeners uh are also uh not only interested in musical comedians and musical songs comedy songs um but they're also purveyors of the art form and I think that's that's going to be a, quite an inspirational thing for them. And I've always thought that. The Juice Pigs started out, uh, we were just actors. And I happened to play a bit of guitar and we just used to lark about and make each other laugh. And we never thought of ourselves as musicians. We didn't ever, I, I to this day don't consider myself a musician. I just happen to play the guitar, but I don't, you know, I know this. I do. That's, that's
4: I think of you as See, I called myself a musician before I called myself a comedian, but I think of yeah. you as a musician, but I also know you're very good at comedy well, well. you are both
1: definitely musicians
3: okay. without a
4: shadow <laughs> well, of a doubt anyway, slap yeah. <laughs> i i have
1: got a i've got a question though um, so I, I i've noticed that you've uh, that you've got your own podcast as well
4: i did um oh you ago. did yeah
1: okay which was um, which was all about it's all about cabaret um <clears throat> there is um there is a question that me and phil often Ask each other because mm. we do a night we do a night that was was called is called, called Cray, 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 Cray Cabaret. Cabaret but um what what is what is Cabaret? <laughs> if if you, were to, if you were to put a few words to it <laughs> I, I've got my idea of it. Phil's got his idea of it, but you as a purveyor of Cabaret in such a wonderful way, do you have some words that you could put into that Ooh. that fence Oh, Pandora?
4: Oh, you've <laughs> opened up a box. Uh, it's So the time that Tim mentioned and I were starting, and Eddie Perfect is the first one that kind of took off. I think Tim used to be his musical director very early on, very early on. Okay. Yeah. The time that they were starting out, cabaret in Australia anyway, was, was a bit of a dirty word. So it okay. was kind of... Um, even though he had that musical comedy legacy, it was a bit, oh, it's not as good as other things, or yeah. if you're from Sydney, oh, it's what music theatre people do when they haven't got a job, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the fact that you know Eddie um, is brilliant as well, and and then Tim exploded in, frankly, and. Unprecedented way, and in a way that I don't think will really happen again. Not in that in that course of events, anyway. I think that did a lot to to change it, and I'm not sure where we are now. I think I got asked if I wrote my own songs for a long time, yeah. uh, which was interesting. And I, I complained about it. I complained about it so much. I, I complained about it to a colleague of mine and he said, because I wasn't playing my own songs. So that's when I started playing guitar more because I realised there's sexism in this, don't get me wrong, it 100% is. People thought I was just singing them. Um, so for me, and then I ended up going on to be a, um, I was on the Green Room Awards Association panel for cabaret, which is the live performance awards in Victoria, in Australia, so our state, Um, and I was the chair for a few years too, so I saw a lot and it can be so many things. I (laughs) fought real hard to say I think a lot of drag performers and a lot of burlesque performers are kind of bleeding into cabaret, Mm. but the idea of it to a general public, a broader general public, I think still gets seen as uncool because they've got this concept of it being a thing of, I don't know, somebody doing jazz hands and a parody of a song with an accompanist and changing the lyrics. That can be brilliant. Weird Al Yankovic is the greatest at the changing of the lyrics. But it it can be very bad. So it's more general public not realising how broad it is, I think. Yeah. yeah, because so many mu- people who started off wanting to be musicians like me or, and Tim and Jude um, went, okay, well, that's a really impossible industry. We're reasonably charming and funny. Let's try this. So mm. that's why people like us end up in this space. And that can be a rod for your own back as well because mm-hmm. you can have people go, oh, but you're just a singer. But you don't actually just do yeah. straight stuff. You don't act or you don't do stand-up or, and you get in that headspace. Yep. I'm just saying, life's hard, kids.
0: Yeah.
3: <laughs> well, life
0: seems doesn't seem do, your life doesn't seem hard to me, Geraldine Quinn. <laughs> um, you, you, the, you, you, you think of all of the all of the joy that you've brought to all these people, and will and <laughs> continue to. God bless you. Um, we always ask our guests at the end of the interview to sing a little number uh, for us, or do a little live performance for us. And uh, we know that you're already you're, you're, um, ready to rock there. Um, so you've, you've written a Christmas song. You're doing the Christmas album and you've written a Christmas song and um, you're going to play this Christmas song for us now. Tell us a little bit about it before you play it.
4: Sure. So uh, basically I, I said before I've co-hosted this very popular annual Christmas gig. <laughs> annual Christmas gig seems like a tautology. Most Christmas gigs <laughs> are annual. <laughs> <laughs> A one-off Christmas gig. Never to be repeated, Christmas gig. (laughs) Um, So, I mean, mean Catholics have never done anything that's never to be repeated. Look at Easter. So anyway... (laughs) Anyway, one year I said to Casey, because a lot of the songs we do in the first half of the show, the first half's original, second half's carols, um, and mm-hmm. the first half is a lot of Casey's songs because he writes heaps. And I said, oh, Tripod have brought songs and we've done Tim's song, White, White in the Sun, and Eddie wrote a song for it, a wonderful song called Trampoline. It's gorgeous. Um, we should, what about me? I should do a Christmas song. And he's like, yeah, 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 you can do a Christmas song, of course. Um, it's just one rule. It's got to be positive. And it took me four years to come up with something. So um, that <laughs> that's because I don't like Christmas very much because my family's huge and Irish and we have got mm. a lot of uh, uh, intergenerational trauma. So I realised that My Way In was a positive Christmas song about being yeah. a single person in your family with no kids who gets to go home whenever she wants.
3: Christmas plan. That was
0: fantastic. That's Geraldine Quinn. G- Geraldine, thanks for coming on Songs of the Thank that you, you so much. Oh,
4: thank you so much for responding to my bullying emails. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Arms twisted, interview done. That was Geraldine Quinn, everybody.
4: Bye, Geraldine.
1: Bye, Geraldine. Bye. 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 Goodbye, adios, farewell You'll be glad to hear that we think that your interview went well But we have other things to get on with now So you're going to have to go I'm sure our paths will cross again But whoever really knows It's been fun, it's been musical, it's been comical at times But now we have to leave you So goodbye, goodbye Ah, oh, Geraldine yeah. Quinn Yes, that was she amazing was Geraldine wonderful. Quinn That was great Wasn't that fun? So much fun
0: um, and A lot of time I've known her She's just one of the good guys She's one of the good ones. One of the Good guy are You allowed to say that anymore? She'd like that Geraldine You're one of the good guys Well this has been Songs of the Key of Laugh Episode 7 And well, we've, we've done we've, We must have mentioned About 50 odd cartoons Over
1: the, those, yes. these two episodes
0: Yes Come back and join us next week If you'd like to see more or hear more of Geraldine Quinn, why not visit her at her
1: website, GeraldineQuinn.com. Or you can visit her on her socials on Twitter, which is at Geraldine Quinn or on Instagram at Geraldine Quinn official. And if you'd like to support our
0: podcast, go to patreon.com forward slash songs in the key of laugh and give us a little bit of your dough. Become a patron.
1: Or you can go visit us at coffee.com forward slash songs in the key of laugh. We'll see you next week. Bye.